He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. Uh, that is a quote by Jim Elliot, who was a, an American missionary who died at a very young age, and he was killed mm. by the people that he was trying to minister to. Wow. But he wrote that quote saying, mm. um, basically, it is wise of us to to give up that which we yeah. cannot keep, which is our lives, like our mortal lives, uh, to gain, which is eternity, that which we cannot lose. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the whole calibrating statement and the reality of this series, right? Is that there is an outside authority, an outside, um, what I'm looking for, it's something so much bigger than just this mm-hmm. life that we live in light of. Right. And we don't just live the for this life. Things, yeah. We are not citizens of this world. We're mm-hmm. citizens of the kingdom of heaven as Christians. And But we do we live our lives like that's the, the true reality? When Christ says, Whoever wants to gain their life will lose it. Whoever wants to, whoever loses their life will gain it. Do we take those words seriously? And is he calling us to lose our lives in mm. ways in marriage, mm. in our family life, in how we orient our priorities? Mm. And that's the big question that we're hoping to answer, which we have spent three episodes going over that. We talked about first things, last things, and we've talked about how to have unity as a couple. Today, the focus of this episode is actually putting what we've learned into practice through our habits, through our rhythms, and namely through our family vision and mission statement. So it's going to be a full episode. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So just to get this in real quick, this is our final uh, episode talking about priorities except for our Q&A, which is coming up Hmm. uh, either next week or I think we usually release on Tuesdays. It might be a Thursday episode that we release this. So We may do a bonus priorities episode because there's five Tuesdays this month, so... Tuesdays or Thursdays? There's five Both? Tuesdays. Yeah. There's no. There's uh, the the Tuesdays actually Sorry. in July. Yes. The Thursday. I mean, so we might do another one. But regardless, there is a Q and A. Yes, coming up. I want to say it up yep. front so that people will text in their questions if they've had any while they've been listening to the series. Nine seven one three 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 eleven twenty is how you can get those questions in uh, and to us so we can start reviewing them. Yeah. And have answers yeah. ready. Please do get those in because those. Um, those are very helpful. Yeah, to many people. Chances are, if you have a question, that there's going to be another couple who has the exact same question or yes. something like it. Um, so do be bold and text that in, 971-333-1120. Okay, so let's do a, a quick recap. Um, but first, if you haven't, um, like, subscribe, follow, rate, review. Please do that. That helps us a ton. We've asked you plenty of times, so I don't need to ask again. <laughs> um, if you want to join us, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's if you want to be kind of complicit in the mission of what we're doing uh, through this podcast, through the books we write. Um, it's it's how this podcast is made possible. So if this podcast has helped you, you can jump on board. And also, there's a community there where we do uh, Zoom call. We have a Zoom call scheduled. Actually, we just did a Zoom call by the time this recording goes live. Um, so... We're hoping to build stronger relationships there, um, but hop on board. We, we hope to get to meet you uh, through our Patreon community, hopefully virtually face-to-face. Is that a thing? Virtual face-to-face? Virtual face-to-face. Now it is. Now it's a thing. <laughs> it is. 
Um, yeah. So, uh, and then finally, we have a promotion going on with gospelcenteredmarriage.com. That's our online learning platform. You can get 20% off your any subscription there that you pick. Um, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com, click any of the Join Now buttons, and uh, use the code PRIORITIES at checkout to get 20% off. We hope that blesses you. We put a lot of hard work into that, and we continue to add to it on a regular basis. Um, actually we have three, by the time this episode goes live, we'll probably have, uh, eight or nine mini courses plus our core course. Wow. So it's plugging away. We are good. It's it's growing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you haven't listened to episodes one through three of this series, go back and listen to those briefly. What we talked about is as Christians, these are the big priorities that we're called to live out. Mm -hmm. And those priorities are this to uh, love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love him, seek him first. Then to love our neighbors as ourselves. One of the ways we love our neighbors most primarily is by responding to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In other words, tell people the good news of Christ and walk alongside them. Baptism is a sign of the covenant. They're bringing them into the family of God, mm-hmm. into the new covenant. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. That should be a priority to us. Not that you're actually doing the baptizing, but you can... Do the discipleship. There's no qualifier for people being disciplers Mm -hmm. in the kingdom of God. And we'll talk through that today. But those are the first things. Then we talked about last things, Mm -hmm. which is what what do we have to look forward to as Christians, as people who put our faith in Christ? Uh, What what are the last things of all eternity? Well, eternity doesn't have a last thing. By definition, eternity goes on forever. Mm -hmm. But this world will have an end. And what is the hope? We looked at the book of Revelation and some of the hope to be had there by believers. Now, it's not a book of fear or of a trepidation unless you're when you're in Christ. It's not a book of those mm-hmm. things. It's a book of hope. Talk and, through that. And how do we live in light of those yes. last things? How do, we, how do I, our priorities uh, begin to be ordered uh, and purposed in light of last yeah. things? Yeah, and then um, last week we talked through gaining unity as a couple mm. and, and the benefits of, of finding and working toward unity right. and how to find unity. And so this episode is dedicated to giving you those tangible tools. We all want tangible tools. And to be honest, I think we can probably spend a little less time here today because I want your time, listener, to be spent doing the, the connecting with your spouse, mm-hmm. getting on the same page, getting, to, to, getting about the work of actually um, unifying and reorienting your priorities based on how what well, based on primarily what God's word says right. and how the Holy Spirit Spirit convicts you. Right. Um, so that's what we're going to spend our time on today. Right. And talking about unity last week really just kind of segued us into uh, practicing these godly priorities because we ended with talking about negotiable negotiables versus non-negotiables hmm. um, and not just figuring out ways to kind of give into each other but kind of Ask the Lord, like take time to seek God, be in his word, be in prayer. What is God doing here? What is the bigger question? How can we steward it well? And how can we um, move together in unity towards God? Not just together as in together and being unified, but unified in the things of God. um, Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. So how can we Mm. live our lives that reflect and emulate the good news of the gospel yeah. uh, in our priorities more specifically. So yeah. practicing these godly priorities in our marriage, starting with, uh, this is not new to, if you're familiar with the fierce marriage space, uh, we talked about concentric circles last week a little bit, right. um, but we're talking about them in a different uh, formation, I would say. 
Yeah, we want to go a little bit deeper, give you some more texture to that idea. So as we were brainstorming, okay, how can we really be helpful to our listeners? And I came up with two ways, and there's more than two probably. But uh, we can one, we can give you a new way to think about a similar uh, situation, a similar problem. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we're going to hopefully give you a new way to think about uh, priorities. The, the other way we can help you, we hope, is to give you a new way to walk that out. So to think it out and then to walk it out. Yeah. New ways, something to to help you process through it. So that new way to think about it, this was new for us. It's probably not new to you if you've listened to us for a while, like Selena said. Um, but this comes from our book, Fierce Marriage, which we wrote um, a few years ago. It's kind of our marriage manifesto, right? If we were to have a sit down and have a conversation with a young couple before they got married, uh, this would be kind of the manual that we would probably use in terms of how we would think through and talk through the various issues. In this book, we talked through priorities and time. As we found, my dad, who's a psychologist of many years, um, he, he's confirmed this, but he said that the biggest issue that couples face that's oftentimes unaddressed is the issue of time and priorities, just their calendar, just coordinating the busyness of life mm. and, and orienting it around things they actually care about instead of things that are just urgent, right? And so in talking through that issue of priority time, we came up with this model, and it came actually from Selena, you having kind of a, a, a bone to pick with the traditional kind of to-do list. Yeah, because I think method. our life can basically be a to-do list and god i believe has called us to so much more than just doing but actually being Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the concentric circles definitely provide a visual for that being um so if you think of the circles i want to because the to-do list i want to contrast a little bit more sorry the to-do list of like if you think okay what are my priorities let's list them out love god one love my spouse two Three, love my kids. Four, love my neighbors, right? Like, mm-hmm. do what I should do. Five, you know, go to church. <laughs> or whatever it is, yeah. Whatever the, that list is. The problem, I think, with the list is that it becomes too divis- devised. I hate saying Divided. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Nailing the words today. Divided. Uh, because we go to number one, check, read my Bible, did my journaling. Boom, done. Shove that to the side. Number two, check. Boom. It's very self-serving, right? We all want to just check stuff off, feel satisfied. Yep. But we're not actually living into the purposes of God. It's not actually integrating mm-hmm. um, the things we prioritize and should be prioritizing as Christians. And that's not to say you can't use a, a one, two, three, four to-do list to help orient your day. But it's a to- or make- yeah, it's a to-do list, not a like how to live your life list. <laughs> okay. Yes. Maybe that's the mix. And up. so we've we've um we found it more helpful to look at it as concentric circle model. Mm-hmm. Where at the very center you have the most prime primary thing, the very first thing, and that's biblically speaking, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's Deuteronomy six five. Okay, that is at the center. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and strength. Okay, from there, it radiates outward. Mm-hmm. And so the next circle is then the uh, loving your neighbors and making disciples, right? Mm-hmm. That's the Great Commission. That's the New Testament kind of expression of how to relate to one another. Mm-hmm. It's loving, well, it's not just New Testament, but loving one another well. But so you don't just do that in itself. Like, I don't just, I'm not just going to take dinner over to our neighbors who are sick because I just want to be good. I, I can do that. But the reason I do that is because that is how I'm loving the Lord, my God, mm. with my heart, soul, and strength. It's a marriage example of that. Well, I mean, I don't just love my wife because I in want... how you say... You are an I end in you. yourself in a sense, right? <laughs> yeah. I love you because of you. 
but the deeper reason for loving you is because you are made in God's image and I want to honor him and, and love him and how I love you. Right. So it's not just, okay, my wife likes flowers. I'm going to buy her flowers. No, I'm going to buy my wife flowers because she's a treasure to me because right. God has given her to me. Well, and as a wife, I want to respect you and I want to, I may not always feel that respect or want to respond in respect, but if the Lord has called me to respect my husband and to let him lead, I need to be obedient and trust in that obedience that mm. this is God's design and I'm going to live out his design on purpose right. and in full obedience. Right. And so it's the by same the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and we won't go too far into the kids thing, but yeah. you, you know, our, our kids are kind of our first disciples. Yeah. So we train them up in the ways of God, not mm. just so that we can say we trained our kids well, but because that is how we love God. Right. See how the the very center of it is loving. Lo- so it's not a list anymore. It's a it's a think of it like a target. Yeah. So the center of the target is loving the Lord your God. As it, as the rings move outward, discipling others, um, loving others as we would want ourselves you, to be loved. You well, use this example of it being like when you throw a stone in the water and it ripples out. Yeah. And radiates out the effect of that, and it's so it, it's just integrating, right? It's it's this an integration of purpose. It's an integration of identity. Every ring is the result of the central Absolutely. rock being thrown in the water. Yes. Every, every ring is the result of that. And as it radiates outward, the third circle is to enjoy God's grace, extend his glory. And that's common grace. That's, you know, if you enjoy doing something, do that thing because you love the Lord, right? Like Selena, you, you, you love riding horses. When you, when you ride horses, yes, you're enjoying the company of the horse, the experience of the horse, but you're doing it to the glory of God, because you recognize that a horse is an amazing animal created by God. Right. And, and that you, this, the air that you breathe is, is a gift of God. Right. And there's so much to. And I think the, yeah. I think when it comes to a priority though, uh, that, that thing definitely fell to the wayside when I became a parent, right? There's, there's other roles, uh, hmm. that God calls us into and things kind of maybe fall down the ladder, but that's okay because hmm. my ordered, my love is an order of what it should be of God. Um, hmm. my, my spouse and my family, those are the, those are the things that I need to yeah. serve and be submitted to and not just my desires, you know, to ride a horse. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I'm trying to just, you know, insert whatever you have as a hobby or something that you enjoy not saying that it is bad but if it is affecting the way you are loving your husband Mm. or your children or the way that you are uh being obedient to the lord then it needs to be questioned interesting because if you uh if if you put something else in the center of the circle now everything else is irradiating out from that thing yep like if you live for for horses or whatever the hobby is now how you love others is going to be determined by that central affection. Right. Like I don't have time for them because I need to go do this other central yeah. affection or I'm impatient with my spouse because they are getting in the way of the central affection as opposed as opposed to right. what we just laid out. Absolutely. So it's a, to me it's an it's an elucidating way to look at it. It helps me think more circumspectly uh and more holistically and it, honestly it makes the joy so much greater. Yeah. When I know that I'm not just enjoying a good meal with my family, I'm doing it to the glory of God because mm. of his grace. Oh man, now it just got a hundred times better. Right. Because it's not just about the steak, it's about the giver. Right. Of the gift. Right. Um, so you wanted to walk through like some tangible ways. Yes. So what we're gonna do today um is we're gonna show you some ways to love and honor God and how you, we love and prioritize each other in marriage. Um we're gonna show explain that a little bit, but then mostly we wanna walk through kind of the Frederick family, right? Because 
we were talking beforehand and I'm like, Selena, there are things that are prime primary for Christian married people. Things yeah. that we can come on here and say, you should do X, Y, and Z. As a married Christian couple. Yep. Like those yeah. two married and Christian, they, they, they embody, all, yeah. Yeah, they, they make all sorts of claims on our lives if you are a married person and you're a Christian person. Yeah. And so we can get on here and I think biblically and rightfully uh, exhort you in the, and admonish you to live in those ways. Yes. So in, instead of doing that, we're going to hopefully show you kind of our current model. We're not perfect in it, but we'll explain kind of the, the Frederick family order of business, order of priorities. Mm-hmm. And how we strive and to live our lives to the glory of God by His grace, yeah. and hopefully what that will do is maybe make it demystified a little bit, right? And then we're going to give you a link to download a, an ebook that we wrote. It's like fifty pages long, sixty pages, something like that, uh, and it's called "How to Craft Your Own Family Vision Statement." Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk through our family vision statement, and hopefully it'll be helpful and as an example. Does that sound? Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, so. You have what's what's this one here, and show us how. We're oh, you kind of already talked about it. Okay. I'm just illustrating more of what those circles look like tangibly. Oh, okay. um, loving our neighbors and making disciples. So, like, you are my first neighbor. So, how am I loving God with all my heart, soul, and strength? That first central circle, mm-hmm. uh, and how I love you. If my am I do I know God's word enough to uh, and let it instruct me in how I respond, how I communicate, how Mm -hmm. I love, how I'm patient with you or how I'm respectful of you. And why is the Bible informing, uh, my decisions of how I love you and how I respect you and how I'm bringing glory to God in that, Mm. uh, is the Bible, you know, instructing me in how to love our children and to disciple them? Or Mm -hmm. am I just doing it by like looking at a parenting website and saying, okay, this is how you discipline. This is how you do these things. You can't look at the how unless you know the why, right? We have to know the why. Um, Otherwise, it's just another to-do list rather than a priority. And indeed, the first, um, well, the first two episodes of this series were all about that why. Yeah. And that's that's exactly why we spent so much time there so that now you get to this place and you're not just... You're, you're not, not just, making arbitrary priorities, right? Yeah, That's you're not the whole just, goal of the home priorities. Yeah, you have a goal talk. in mind. Yes. You're not on a trailhead with the blindfold on hoping that you can kind of grope your way through the woods until you... <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> I know. It's a funny word. Um, and well, so, you know, stumbling and all the perils that are uh, because of that. Instead, you have your eyes wide open, you know, right. where you're headed. One of the biggest, I think, enemies to our priorities, which you mentioned in our conversation before we started recording, was uh, distraction. Absolutely. And I think we just need to pick that apart for a moment mm-hmm. in order to, again, emphasize no. God's glory in this area of our life, right? Dying to ourselves, dying to um, this mm. idea that we need entertainment, that we need... Um, yeah. I don't know, screens or we need whatever. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean. It's created this this false need, I will say. It's nothing new. That's the no, thing is we have. It's distraction. I'm not saying that you're saying it's new, but yeah. the point is the, 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 the mode method, yeah. and the mediums have changed, but the underlying problem has been there since since the dawn of, well, since the fall of man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I think of, I'm thinking of Esau and Jacob. Yeah. Like Esau, he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup mm. and his, his appetites were prime primary to the point where he had forgotten. So what his, if you recall, when you read into the story, he, he, he shows up 
uh, Jacob had prepared been preparing this food. Esau comes in and says, "Give me some of your soup. I'm starving." Jacob says, "Give me your birthright, and I'll give you some." And Esau says, "No way." He's like, "Fine, you're not gonna have any soup." He says, "Fine. What good is it having a birthright if I'm dead anyway? Give me the soup, and I'll give you the birthright." Right. And so, what does that say? Okay, and God is sovereign in all that. But the point is, Esau he he had forgotten the promise of God that God had made a promise to Abraham, mm-hmm. which was handed down through Isaac. And now it's going to come down into one of Isaac's offspring, primarily his firstborn, which would have been Esau. The promise was, I will establish you into a great nation. Mm. He's not going to, God would not let Esau die. The promise was that he, he would live to see the, the he would see the right. fulfilled through the, the line right. of Abraham, Isaac, and there we was, know Jacob because yeah. Esau gave it up. Now there was something else that happened later on where Jacob was a very tricky son, tricked, the, tricked uh, Isaac. The there point was, is yeah. that that distraction that that I have to have it here and now the I'm going to give up on the promises of God yes. nearsightedness thank yeah. you I'm trying to teach our daughters this like yeah. we can be so fixated on here and now my carnal needs my carnal desires right. my appetites I want I desire I'm addicted to whatever the thing is social media right. entertainment it alcohol causes us to negotiate those non-negotiables and we give up something so much greater yes. for something so fleeting mm. right and go back to that Jim Elliot quote what wise i don't know what he said exactly but um you can read the exact quote because i don't want to i don't want to mess he it is up. no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose so it's easier said than done right <laughs> right for sure and so that's why the why is so important because if we can at least for me i feel like if we can get down to the the nitty-gritty of the why of life mm-hmm. then i can start to live in light of that and I, now the goal is just to keep my my heart fixed on it right and the tangibles honestly become fun to me because they're the things that we get to implement into our marriage of, okay, these are, this is Mm. why we're doing these things. We aren't just going on a date to just say we had a date night. Like it's so much deeper than that. There's so much more purpose uh, behind it. Or I'm not, we're not just going through a book together, but we are sharing ideas. We are, you know, trying to figure out on a soul level, you know, some of the frustrations of our marriage so that we can, you know, have margin and mm. the ability to love our neighbors, not just for ourselves, but like, again, by the power of the Holy Spirit and us being sanctified, being able to, again, love our neighbors, make disciples. Um, it's very hard to do if we're constantly yeah. in just chaos and we can't seem to connect and we aren't, yeah. we're just doing things arbitrarily because we yeah. should. Distraction. Yes. It is the enemy. Yes. And if we can stay focused, I mean, why does, um, why does the Bible constantly tell us to like set our hearts right. on things above, right. not things that are below? That's that's a conscious thing. So you had said something, and I want to hear you unpack it a little bit. Is it's not just going on a date? It's so much more than that. Right. I think that might that that resonated with me. It might resonate with some of our lovely listeners. What do you mean by a date is not just a date? Um, well, you and I, I mean, we talk about it quite a bit. It's, it's a, a sharing in your friendship and building that friendship. It's a, uh, I feel like it's just like a partaking of soul time, you know, with your spouse. So our life is pretty loud and chaotic with young kids. And so going on a date is kind of shutting those things off for a temporary time and focusing on you and me and the things of God and our priorities. Sometimes that looks like, uh, taking in, having a conversation about, 
you know, the rhythms of our lives. Sometimes it's just like eating together slowly, <laughs> laughing together. Um, but if we don't, so I'll, I'll tease that out a little bit more. So if we okay. don't have time for a date and you know it's, it's not going to come unless you make it happen, you're not going to have time for it. What, what reasons do you give yourself to say we have to make this happen sooner than later? Um, I think it's obvious to most of us, at least to you and I, when we have not had time together, we continually are breaking down on every front. Uh, intimacy, communication, priorities, everything is in a breakdown. And Unity, so, yeah. yeah. And so not only do I want like us to be restored and to be in unity and to be able to live out these cir- these concentric circles, but I want to love God fully in how we do there that. There it is. And that's what I was hoping to get to because I was like, okay, so to what end? As a unified couple, yeah. we can now live on mission. We can be far more effective. We can we can help each other the way couples were designed to help yeah. and, and interrelate and help others as a result. Yeah. And so we're a stronger couple when we're more connected. We're more connected when we make time. The way we make time is through dates. And us being a stronger couple allows us now to disciple our children from a place of strength to disciple others from a place of strength, to fulfill the mission that and God has given us from a place of strength. Unity. I would argue unity is that, that strength factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the the big whys, the big important things have to be in place. Otherwise, the steps, you know, 10 steps down the line won't make as much sense. I think we've made that case up until now. So this is the Frederick family kind of order of priorities. Yeah. Yeah, how we do. What do we, we do? What we do? Yeah, actually, I should have pulled up the Frederick family vision statement because that <laughs> needs to be updated anyway. Uh, no, to no to our listeners, these are things that are uh, revised. Yes, uh, depending on the season of life that you're in, sometimes. But I feel like the the revisions are the tangible pieces. Uh, kind of the big stones are kind of in place. Yes, um, which you'll come. Can I start talking about that? You yeah, go ahead. We, the Bible is very important to our family. Mm. Uh, we read it every day uh, to our kids and with each other. Ryan and I are doing a reading plan together. Um, we're reading about four chapters a day. I would argue that as a couple, you should be doing that. Mm. So I'm just going to put that there. Four chapters a day. Uh, we're doing the same page summer reading plan. It is on um, the, it's on the Bible app, all of that. Yep. There's lots of reading plans you can do. Uh, I found it very uh, elucidating. I love having something to read, uh, to check off, and now Ryan and I can kind of begin discussing those same things together. Um, teaching our kids, uh, you know, gospel fluency, biblical literacy, right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and the theology, all of that and has worship, to come yeah. from, yeah, and worship from the Bible. Yeah. And bear in mind, okay, so we just started with the Bible, hot out the gates, Lena said four chapters a day. But the reason we say that is because of the first two episodes in this in this series like yeah. like we're beholding the person and work of, of Christ and on the cross and the goodness that it is and the commands that that result from reading God's word saying right. if this is true yeah. which it is okay now the bible's first right and i will show you how it prioritizes your life for me at least i have a very hard time getting on social media or watching anything as a, like a show until i've read my bible like it's just talk about like a quick okay what are my priorities have I even been in my bible today nope okay well why am I scrolling through my instagram for 20 minutes I could have read two chapters at least by then you know what I mean it's like yeah just that the cost the opportunity cost there yeah well and the, and the reading plan is kind of the mechanism to put that 
check in your in your heart yeah. in your head that says I have this thing that I'm accountable to. It's not being legalistic either. It's just I don't know how to say it anymore. Unless you're in reading a grip of scripture, guys, it's revolutionary. Like it's grip transformative. Grip or scripture. I can't say it enough. Yeah. I mean, if you're just no, maybe I, that's my own fault because I would read like one chapter maybe or a few verses, right? Or, or a pe- psalm a day. I'm saying get in and dive in and go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's Make insane it a priority. to me. Sorry, just on that note, yeah. there's no, I can't think of any other scenario in life where you would say, I want to, I want to do the thing, but I don't want to do the thing that leads to the, doing the actual thing, right? So it is, for instance, if you say, I want to be a bodybuilder, well, bodybuilders go to the gym every day. Maybe multiple times a day. <laughs> okay? Yeah. When we say, I, I want to follow God. Okay, following God means... Dying to yourself. <laughs> dying to... It means, it means knowing Him. Yeah. We know <laughs> Sorry, Him through I'm His Word. Die to yourself. You're just so... You're, I'm you're, so you're selfish so, all so, the time, so that's what comes to mind. <laughs> um, so knowing Him... And so anyway, it's like, where else in the world can you claim to be something without doing anything that has to do with that right. thing? Right. Like if you're a doctor and you're like, yeah, I just never went to med school, but I'm a doctor. Yeah. No, you don't have to be a work. doctor of Christianity to be a Christian, but the point is, is like, there is a, a a cost to discipleship. Yes, and that's a good thing. And we don't we, we don't that. we don't take it on take that on begrudgingly. We take it on because of mm. the goodness we've experienced in Christ. We've come and we've seen. Right? Was the woman at the well? We're reading in John, like you said. Mm-hmm. She said she she went off after the interaction with Jesus, and she said, "Everyone, come and see. I, I've met somebody who told me everything I've ever done. Right? He's the Christ. Yeah." And like when we have that face-to-face experience with Christ, like the only logical result is to run and tell others and to yes. want to know him more. Yes. So, okay. Um, we're walking through the Frederick uh, kind of order of priorities. Right. Um, so the Bible is very important to, to our family uh, and discipleship. Well, and tangibly what that looks like for Bible reading. Do you well, want to say what that? It comes out in discipleship and, and prayer and in worship, I would it say. Does. So family worship is how that looks most. It's So there's three kind of spheres of worship, as the Puritans would say, right? <laughs> there's secret worship, which is between just me and God. No one else knows. It's just between me and God. It's not hidden, but it's secret. It's between me and him. Selena will never know what my relationship with God is like exactly. I can tell her, but she'll never know exactly what that's like. That's just between me and God. Isn't that cool? Like to me, that's I don't really, know. I don't like feeling left out, but I get it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm left out from, from yours, <laughs> your relationship with God. <laughs> no, there's secret worship. Yes. Then there's hidden worship. Oh, private worship. Excuse me. Private worship. <laughs> Sorry, I got... Um, private worship is family worship. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in our house. It's it's private in the sense that it is... We're only... It's we're just our family. privy to it. Yes. Nice. Uh, and then there's public worship, which is worship that happens with the body of believers mm-hmm. in our church. And so in those spheres, uh, we prioritize, Selena just said Bible reading, that's that's the secret worship piece, and that would include reading your Bible, but also prayer, mm-hmm. also um, adoration and mm. worship, and you know your own worship life, you know, when you're going about your day, God, thank you so much, you're so good, the sunlight is on my face, and you, it's there because you made it. My children you are finally it. obedient and perfect. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 that's my prayer. No. That's worship. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Thank you, God, um, for this mess and these blessings, because... If there was no mess, there'd be no blessings. Right. And that's the secret piece. The the uh, private worship piece is we do family worship around the the, the meal table. Um, mm-hmm. It's either breakfast or dinner, um, sometimes twice a day. Sometimes we miss a day. and But the way that looks, ideally, is we'll read some scripture. I'll ask the girls some questions. Now, our girls, you have to calibrate this for your family, but our, our daughters are seven, 
almost five and almost two. And so there's not a lot of attention span in there. So we have to be really patient. I have to be really patient. Selena does, does the refereeing while I'm trying to, <laughs> to kind of ask them questions and pull answers out of them. Uh, and then we'll usually do some sort of singing. Yeah. Um, and the singing is a short song. Usually like. Could be a hymn. Could be Jesus Loves Me. Um, or can, a, as of late, something from the, sac- the Sacred Harp, which is really <laughs> cool. It's like a hymnal, but on. Yes. On steroids. It's awesome. Uh, Getty Family Worship, uh, I think, is on like Spotify, and they have the doxology. They have a lot of uh, cool songs that we're learning as a family. Um, I wanted to say something to... Hold on. Okay. Already, I'm, I'm sensing, and I don't mean to say that in a, weird, in a weird way, but already I can sense how this is grading on some folks, because they're like, why well, can't... We don't have time around the breakfast table. And, and here's what I'm, I just want to remind you, like this is an ordering of priorities. Mm-hmm. And so if it's not important, then you don't have time for it. Yes. Right. And what was our quote that we started? And if that's, if that's hurtful, I'm sorry, but I, it's also calibrating for me because when we don't do this, I know that I have not, I don't think it's important. And so the more important it becomes, the more urgent it becomes, the more reordered your life becomes. Mm-hmm. And why I saying you have to do it at the exact same time that the Fredericks do it? No, but I am saying that if it's important, it becomes a priority. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't understand the importance of uh, family worship, I'm just actually I'm writing a whole book on this right now. Um, and the hope, and I hope to convince you of that um, and then give you tangible ways forward. But just suffice it to say that it's very important. Um, and then there's public worship, and that is the uh, communion with the saints and being with our body of believers and making that a priority, setting aside the time, reorienting right. our lives around that gathering. Um, Um, I wanted to say something about the Bible reading um, and the family worship. So we did start out reading the children's storybook Bible, but we found even with the young ones that it has been better and more rich for them to hear just the Bible. Um, We use some of those children's Bibles to kind of help them uh, be familiar with the stories, uh, the characters so that they can narrate back to us who's in the story What's happening? What is God doing? Like we're building those things, right? The biblical literacy and seeing Christ in all of this and, and what all that looks like. Um, or, so I just want to like demystify, like our kids Mm -hmm. don't sit still quietly for 20 minutes and we read the Bible and they have all these answers. Like we have to work on our question asking. They are working on listening and narrating is the term that they use a lot, but saying back, expressing what the story, what happened in the story. And then like their own testimony of what, uh, not how does this apply to them, but how, how do they kind of, um, what is the implication of the text on your life? Yes. In other words, how would, how are you applying? How would, how are you changed as a result of reading this? And again, these are big questions for little hearts and minds, but they're not, they're actually not. The kids always blow me away with their (laughs) answers. So, um, Sometimes I'm underwhelmed. Other times I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> There's a lot of underwhelming too. Right. But this is kids, a practiced okay. priority of training up our children in the ways of the Lord that God has. That is the purpose. That yeah. is the priority is training up our, our children in the ways of the Lord, how to love him, how to honor him, yeah. how to. Yeah. And then that's the biblical literacy, gospel fluency piece, right? They, they will have these inventoried pieces in their hearts and minds because of the priority. So again, how that, how does that look? I don't know if this is too far into it. We read the scripture, the, the bear text, which by the way, going through Genesis 19, that was a roller coaster. 
Um, don't recommend it for young kids. We didn't get into the nitty gritty. I actually stopped reading at that point. And I was like, I can't explain this to you right now. Yeah, there's a few things that are. Genesis 19 is really dicey. It has, um, there's homosexuality, there's well, rape, was, there's incest, yes, all in one it was chapter. Sodom. We're, we're reading the Pilgrim's Progress, a kid one, and it talked about um, Lot's wife turning into salt, a uh, pillar of salt. And the girls were like, can we read that now? Like, they didn't understand. They wanted to understand, which is so great. But I was like, well... We'll read it tomorrow with Daddy. We read it, and then we kind of had to stop, and because uh, there's a a lot of things you don't have to explain everything is what I'm saying. Like yep. explain it in a way that they were hurt, um, but you don't have to be graphic in your explanations yeah. um, at certain points. With that kind of weird caveat, I do think the kids can sit under the full counsel of God's word without needing to um, have it filtered. With that said, I I would be very careful how I explain it to them, like you just yes, said. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we'll do, man, Catherine Voss, her book, it's the story, what is it? The Children's. Child's Bible Storybook is yeah. what it is. Um, unbelievable, excellent, excellent book. I love it. It's the summaries of, of the stories and the narratives in the Bible. And that'll be like the evening reading. Right. So when they're in bed and they're, I'm trying to get them to go to sleep, I'll read this story. Usually, <laughs> usually recapping. Usually, trying to get them to go to bed, I read them the Bible. <laughs> no, I mean, they no, love I it. They, want, they do. They and what's really cool. It. We we'll probably spend too much time on this, but yeah. they will read the full text like in the morning on an ideal day. And then in the evening, I'll read the, the summary story version of it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll ask me to then explain it to them. So yeah. they're getting kind of like three yeah. layers of Which it. Which is kind of what they need. And yeah. as for, you know, priorities and Bible reading for a husband and wife, I mean, we have good friends that they wake up because their kids are a little older. They wake up, kids are not allowed out of bed until seven. So they wake up a little bit earlier. They sit and read the Bible out loud together or they sit and read together and then they talk about it for about an hour or I so love them. They're awesome. every day. Uh, and so if, I just, I love that there's this sharpening of faith happening. So get in the Bible, yeah, talk uh, about it. Don't be then, afraid of it. You can do it. And then honestly, like you, that's in terms of Frederick, uh, priorities it's pretty loosey-goosey after that <laughs> well like, because discipleship is happening prayer is happening worship is happening yes. we're doing those exact same things on yeah. sunday at church just in a, at a greater scale essentially uh but there's more teaching obviously and yeah. less kind of uh interaction uh question asking and whatnot um so and then mission so now, what has God called us to put our hands to do? The work that he specifically called the Frederick family to be about the business of doing. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's fierce families. That's fierce marriage, fierce parenting. And that's basically creating discipleship opportunities in the home mm-hmm. between spouses. That's why you're listening to this. Uh, we're working on more resources for parents and their kids. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the, the work that we're busy with. And I love it. But also, priority, providing for my family. <laughs> Yes. And so I spend a lot of my day um, on that piece because that's I'm the one that is at the helm of providing. Selena's providing in a different way for our kids, providing and educating them. And I'm we're we're obviously there's a lot of in and out between those mm-hmm. us sharing those roles. But in general, that's how they're divided. And then after that, it's just quality time, mm-hmm. just enjoying each other's company. Um, one of the ways we do that is, uh, we like to go to parks and, um, sometimes we'll just do like a random adventure last mm-hmm. week, yesterday, we just said, um, we're going to go, my parents were out at the coast. So we met them out there just for the day and mm-hmm. came back, drove out, drove back in the same day. It turned, turned out to be an awesome blessing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, but then when it comes down to dis- dis- decisions. So say, um, we need to make a decision. We still have to run it through. Okay. Does this decision fall in line with these priorities right. and how does it affect the relationships that's think i think that's been the biggest filter yeah. for me 
is how do my decisions about like our calendar affect our family life, affect my relationships? Am I honoring God with these decisions? So it may sound, I don't know, prudish or something, but I don't usually put things on the calendar that are going to include or require Ryan's time unless I've talked to him beforehand. Um, Ryan's time in like, Hey, you're going to have the kids all day. You know, like I have a school thing this Saturday and then I have another thing the next Saturday. And I, I am very aware of, you know, kind of the, Mm -hmm. the weight of those decisions. And so again, they're decisions that we've agreed that are loving God, that they are loving our neighbors. They're making disciples. We're enjoying God's grace so that it, it kind of, checks the boxes without checking the boxes, if that makes sense. To use a school example too, is that takes an entire Saturday and that's, it's a practicum thing. Yeah. For school. Yeah. And that's where you're learning how to, how to be a, it's, it's, well, it's just keeping those big pictures in mind and like the habits and why, why we are in the classical mods for classical conversations and practicum. And so, so you're, we're saying, so you're taking an entire ex- Saturday yes. and that's important to you yes. because it's important to our, the education of our children, which yes. is important to us because of the discipleship quality. Yes. And so I'm here saying as your husband, I am on mission with you in that. Right. I will gladly take the kids. We'll do something fun. It'll mm-hmm. be great. I'll take care of them. You go, I'm sending and we're sending mom. Now we're not just saying we're just going to endure it while she's away. But instead we're saying, go like be, do that because we're sending you as a family mm-hmm. because we're all together in that, right. which allows me to then yep. enjoy that even more knowing, right. That I'm not just like, Oh man, I gotta go because my kids are probably falling apart and Ryan's getting frustrated. And I've already said that I got something next Saturday and all that. it's like, no, I get to actually fully 100% show up and be there. And now think about that in terms of a dad going off, off for a business trip. Right. We're sending dad because he is providing for our family mm-hmm. or we're sending, or um, think of the kids you're sending your kids to school. Because they are going to be a light in that community if that's what God has shown you. How do you want to educate your kids? And so there's a lot of, um, I guess, just we talked about this last episode. There's so much joy and just so much depth in living on mission because of the priorities that we've gone to the the hard work of creating. There's so much freedom to be had. We're not sitting here with decision fatigue about what we should do and then we don't do anything, right? Ideally, although that happens a good bit, which is why we have the family vision statement. <laughs> and so coming back to that. Well, we have to finally. And yeah. so uh, we're going to give you this ebook that we wrote. It's called How to Craft Your Own Family Vision Statement. Um, and I'll tell you the URL for that. But first, I want to explain it real fast. Um, and basically, the family vision statement has three components. Um, and these, this is something that was hard, um, hard won with lots of sweat and trial and error over a number of years in the Frederick household. Right. And we, um, we, we wrote this thing and this is hopefully make it a lot easier for you. <laughs> That's the goal. And so the three components are, are this, you have a mission statement. Okay. So again, this is all kind of sitting on the firm foundation of the Christian worldview. Okay. So your mission statement is not going to be the same as the Frederick mission statement. Right. You're going to have your own mission that God is asking you to do faithfully unto him, unto his, um, for his glory and for your good, for the good of your community. Okay. In general, our mission statement is pretty vague. It's to know God and to make him known. That's vague, but we do that in some very specific ways. Um, and that gets into the envision statements. Um, and the envision statements are, uh, are, excuse me, that gets into the core values and the core values are kind of what we've discussed here, but like we're taking a lot of the baseline stuff for granted. So like Bible, mm-hmm. all that stuff is kind of for granted, mm-hmm. um, baked into it. Um, but for us, like our core values are, oh, I don't have it in front of me. Shoot. Um, 
Um, I'll, I'll get back to, I'll get to that later. So mission statement, core values, and then the envision statements and the envision statements to me are the, where you actually put like skin on the bones of it. Mm-hmm. And you say like, this is the outcome. This is what I'm envisioning the reality to be. If we live these, this mission statement and these core values, um, practically, um, if we put our money where our mouth is, so mm. to speak, and that's, that is a challenge. Um, so I totally get it. Where is that document? I had it right from, oh, here it is. Um, so, uh, our core values, as an example, I won't explain these, but like stewardship, mm-hmm. we own nothing. We're stewards of all that God entrusts into our care. Uh, that includes everything in our lives, mm-hmm. financially speaking, asset wise, but our also children. the relationships, yeah. children. And that to me is the biggest piece, but that's the least intuitive, at least when it comes to that. Well, and each other, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Hello. Community is number two. We're designed for community quality. This actually determined, um, this cuts off a lot of um, kind of distractions, to be honest, because mm-hmm. we, when you work on the internet like this, you can kind of like, you can live anywhere. And we yeah. realized like we can't do that because we need community yeah. and we don't have community anywhere. Yeah. We have community here. Yes. And so we live here <laughs> and God called us here and that's a good thing. And that is a joy filled thing. And it's given us a lot of contentment and, and a here. lot of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, faith. And that one sounds um, a bit, a bit cliche, but here's what it means. Um, we follow God obediently even when he asks us to do difficult things. In other words, we're acting, we're people of faith, doing hard things because we have a faithful God. Mm. Um, freedom. Now, this is this one might get tossed but because I feel like it's a little bit tertiary. Uh, but we aim to remain agile, mobile, ready to respond however God calls. In other words, we don't want to be beholden to unnecessary constraints mm-hmm. without being um, flighty or uh you know, avoiding commitment fast. Yeah. We want to be steadfast, but we want to be able live in a way that we are able to respond quickly. I think to whatever God calls. Yeah. Um, that one might get tossed in this next iteration. Um, (laughs) uh, family. So we, do you want to read? I don't know. I'm reading all these. No, we make uh, each other priority by giving our very best time, energy and resources to one another. This has a multiplying effect on our family's health and our ability to give time energy and resources to others. So yeah. margin, I think would be one of the big words under that. Yes. Having that <laughs> white space and it's okay. It's okay. It's good. It is good to yeah. not have things scheduled every day on the calendar. Every no is a yes. And that's saying no to mm-hmm. things is creating a white space. So you can say yes to other things. White space being the margin. Um, the final one's fruitfulness. And that's, this used to be called saltiness. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's Selena's core value. No. <laughs> saltiness. Like... Just one. Salty. <laughs> Oh <laughs> um, no! Fr- fruitfulness is like thanks for changing. It. <laughs> it's still I, on yours. I get what you say. Selena's mission statement: just one <laughs> salt, salt, saltiness. Be the salt of the earth. Life is short. We want to tell as many people as we can about Jesus. Like that's that's what fruitfulness is. Yeah. And so, gospel, like everything that we do, is with that in mind. Can we create discipleship opportunities for you to do the same thing in your mm. home? Um, and so. I won't get into the envision statements, um, but I will say this. We have this, it's it's not easy to walk through this process. And so we have a free ebook for you. You can have it. Just go to fiercemarriage.com slash vision. Mm-hmm. That's fiercemarriage.com slash vision. There'll be a little form there to fill out, to get the download emailed to you. Um, and it's, like I said, it's, I don't, I think it's like 60 pages long, It, but it's not a long read. You can probably read it in, I'm guessing, 15 minutes. And, and then going through the, and actually there's a, a worksheet you can go through to create your own vision statement with your families and kind of we give you some coaching and how to display it and make it a priority. Yeah. But we, I just firmly believe that if we can get 
couples and families to live on mission for Christ and have clear priorities that right. they live out with with conviction. This world will be vastly different right. in, That's in 20, the revolution. 30 years. That's the revolution. The revolution happens in the home. It is. And it starts with couples like you listening to this and trusting your whole lives, your whole hearts, your whole marriage into the loving hands of our capable Savior and our loving Father. Mm-hmm. And He will use you in ways that you've never imagined. And He will He will fill you with mm-hmm. the greater joys and pieces, pieces, and peace <laughs> that you have many pieces <laughs> uh, with greater joy and peace than you could have ever imagined mm-hmm. um, as you live on mission for him. So, um, so hopefully that's helpful. Go find that resource and uh, that'll be your challenge. Yeah. Create a vision statement. <laughs> yes. Get those concentric circles started. Like love the Lord your God. Even if it's just looking at that, the first circle on the inner target, love the Lord your God. The second, love neighbors and make disciples. Third, enjoy God's grace. Put that in front of you. Pray about it. Mm. Talk to your spouse. You guys both be in prayer about that um, and begin walking through that family vision statement. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. One quick caveat on that is uh, it's not something you're going to necessarily nail in like 30 minutes. Like sit down, get your bearings, and then get ready to invest some time yeah. over months on it. Not not every day, all day, but it's something that you come back to and you yeah. reiterate and you sleep on it and you pray about it and you sleep on it. You until start, yeah, you start recognizing some of the your strengths as a family are things that you enjoy mm-hmm. and you envision how can we do this for the Lord or how can this be a testimony to his goodness in our lives? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, those are the questions you can ask. Yeah. All right. That wraps it for priorities. At least maybe Yeah, <laughs> we'll see if you'll see if we have an extra week. Maybe we'll do something bonus wise. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for, um, just how clear, uh, you are in your word. Just how, how clearly you've revealed yourself to us and you've made yourself available to us. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us and in us. Thank you for uh, convicting us. Thank you for working on us and through us. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for the couples um, that are uh, feeling aimless. They're feeling their priorities need to be readjusted, but they don't know where to start or they're Mm -hmm. just afraid of where to start or uh, feel like maybe their spouse won't respond the way they hope they would. I pray that they would run to you. And they would find you to be a, a solid foundation, a strong tower into which they can retreat and trust that you are at work. You're at work in their hearts, and the work of their, at work in their spouse's heart, and you're at work in their marriage, Lord. We love you. We need you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Last reminder, um, go to uh, excuse me, gospelcentermarriage.com and use the code PRIORITIES to save 20% off. Um, again, we, we have all kinds of stuff there for you and it's there for your benefit to edify your marriage uh, for your good God's glory. We hope you take us up on that. That that discount will be available at least for the next week or two. Um, so don't hesitate. Other than that, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can and we'll see you again in seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.